Hey guys, this is In Traffic with Neil Rubenstein, and I'm going to sit in traffic and call my very close friend, Rich Cassioni. Yo. How's it going? How are you? I'm great. I'm You're great? I'm great, yeah. That's good to hear, man. I like when you're great. Yeah. I like when you're great. I'm great, man. I feel good. I, I was scared to, like, I'm scared to do this with you because I don't want people to hear us talk like 16-year-old girls for a half hour. <laughs> Dude, I think that's what would would be the most entertaining thing to hear, too. Um, well, I mean, you're you're 40, right? You're 40. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically two 40-year-old men speak like 16-year-old girl. <laughs> do you talk like this with other people, though? Do you talk like a... <laughs> do you do this with other people? <laughs> no, no, seriously, like, is that just like your phone mannerisms? I think the only other person I talk to, I would talk to would be like, like Mark Hunley, would be the only other person that I'd be like that with, but, you know. That's about it. Like when I like when we talk on the phone, I feel like we're both laying on our stomachs with like our feet kicking in the air. <laughs> I've got like a face mask on. I'm like looking looking through my yearbook for the hot guy. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, man? What's uh what's going on? Let's see, what's going on? Um, nothing. Um <clears throat> deep into the holiday season at work. So I've just been spending a lot of time at work and um, been concentrating on being in the gym and starting to work out a lot pretty seriously. And every once in a while, I'll do some music. Uh, how's uh, your band X-Youth, right? Yes, X-Youth. X-Youth is how's cool. Cool. We had practice yesterday. We're um, very, uh, we're not very active because everybody in the band is, uh, they do stuff. A couple guys are in um, active bands. And so we only get to really kind of practice and play when everybody's schedule lines up, which isn't really all that often, but um, it's pretty rad because when we do get together, we're all on the same page. We're all, you know, proficient musicians. So it's a lot of fun to to play that kind of music with like-minded people. It's fun. And you, uh, just for the people listening that aren't friends of ours or know our history, you, <laughs> you were, you were, you've toured for a long time. You, uh, most, um, My Chemical Romance, Raging the Full Effect. Uh, Correct. Correct. What, what else? What are some things that you've done? Because um, I always, it's always, I always like get surprised too because, like, I'll meet someone that I know from touring, and they'll know you from touring. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, Rich toured forever. <laughs> That's right. I did. It's it's such a weird, like, even I, I don't realize it sometimes. It's like, oh, I was I did that for a while. Um, I, it started with you and Rival Schools. So that was the first thing I ever did that was, like, working for a band, and that was 2001. Then... That was during, that, like, we were on tour together for 9-11, right? Correct, yeah. 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 That's why I remember it so vividly because we were like in the middle of the desert when we woke up that morning and it was very 
surreal. Like I can, I can tell the story over and over and over again, word for word. It's just like insane. It's such a vivid memory being what, 14 years ago now, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, rival schools. Then uh, what did I do? I mean, I was in what feeds the fire. So we were like, went from like bus club touring with, you know, rival schools. And then I was in my own band and we toured with hate read for like one tour, but that was like the, you know, the, the kind of thing that got my foot in the door and the itch to want to be in bands and play and stuff. And then um, I worked for men, women, and children for a little bit. And then Reggie and the full effects, my chemical romance, uh, but you played you played you played in Reggie. I played in Reggie, yes. Played in Reggie. Toured a couple times. And uh worked for my chem for a little bit. And I just saw Frank um two nights ago in San Francisco and that was fun. Oh, there's like a there's like a, a driving situation here I gotta attend to. Wait, are you yeah. in traffic? Are you in traffic? <laughs> I'm literally in traffic, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you're really in traffic because I was going to text you earlier. It's like, you better see if you're going to, if you're going to do this interview, like you have to be in traffic. Like you can't just be like, no. Oh, I'm in traffic, but like really in your bedroom or something. Yeah, no, I almost got hit by a car just now. Yeah. I'm totally in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so that awkward silence is, is explained by the fact that you almost got an accident. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Nah, I, yeah, I definitely almost murdered someone just now. Uh, <laughs> well, don't do that. <laughs> well, you'll get really good advertising, but like, I don't think you want to go that route with the podcast. Like, yeah, all press is good press. Um, <laughs> it's not. Uh, you live in uh, you live in California. That makes me sad. Um, how long have you been? Uh, it'll be three years in. Uh, March. March is when I moved. So coming up on three years, which is crazy. I think about three Wait, years gone by. Three years in Berkeley for three years? Yeah. Yep. But you you went to L.A., though. I moved to L.A. one time, like in the mid-2000s. And Not then you went time, back. So. This was, this was all this Yeah, yeah. I went, I and then went, you went back to Rhode Island? I did, yeah. It was like uh, two, the, when I got done with the um, My Chem tour, which was 2008, I think, is when I uh, moved back to Providence. And then before that, I had lived in L.A. It was like a weird back and forth situation. Like I went, lived, came back, went out on tour, moved back again, and then I moved out here like three years ago. Was that like huh. weird not finding a place to settle phase of my life? Like, oh, I should go here. I should go there. Oh, go on tour. That'll be fine. And, you know, anyone who's done extensive touring, you just like kind of like, I don't have a home now. It's anywhere where my furniture or belongings are, which was like Mark Harmon's basement for like nine months. So <laughs> and to figure something out. So it was back to Providence. I got my college degree and then realized bartending there for four years wasn't a good like you know future and then I made some decisions to move this way and it's going pretty awesome to do what I'm doing now yo so you bar you were a straight edge bartender I was a straight edge I mean I, I still am if you want to be technical about it but yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's uh how does that work man like because you don't you don't taste anything, but like you're making concoctions and shit. Mm-hmm. 
So it's basically like just like any other recipe based anything. Like when I worked at the uh, the bar when I moved out here, the cocktail bar, and I had no experience prior. Like in Providence, I worked at a, a beer bar, like a brewery. So it was really just kind of like pouring glasses of beer and just knowing adjectives to describe like the beer. It's like this thing tastes like flowers. This tastes like smoke. You know that kind of shit. But then when we like, I got this job at this cocktail bar. It was. It, it, it was as corny as like the stereotypical like guy with the curly mustache and like you know fancy like eyedroppers of like some weird liquids and like everything's all crazy and so in my not you know partaking in drinking I just basically had to do the same thing and like learn adjectives and be a lot more like pretentious about it when somebody asked about a cocktail and be like you know I, I know what's in it and I can describe the the, the the herbaceous quality of your beverage and like they buy it and that'd be that. So all I have to do is put it in a shaker and mix it up and make it look nice. And I never had any complaints, you know, it went fine. That's weird. <laughs> it was weird. It's, it's weird being part of one subculture, I guess, like being straight edge and like, and then being in another completely opposite subculture, like, cocktail like or people call mixology if you want to be really douchey about it but it was like you know like living in this area like the san francisco area and people are really serious about their their artisanal beverages and whatnot and that's the kind of place i I worked at so i just you know it's really just about being a, a personality like being the bartender and like making it look all like like special and whatnot while you make your drinks and as long as you know as long as you sell it, they'll buy it. So it was it was pretty easy. More about just you, like talking to the customer and like you know bullshitting. And I've never had to drink come back on me because it wasn't made right or whatever. Morally, was there ever an issue? Like, were you the kind of straight edge kid that was like, "F you, drunk guy," or were you fine with it? You know, uh, were you always like straight edge for me as a personal thing? I just don't drink, but be around it is fine. Yeah, you know, there was always there was always that like weird nebulous thing of like what is straight edge or how straight edge are you? Like if you're straight edge you shouldn't be doing this kind of thing and you know, being in in my mid 30s, I was like, well, I am I am this thing, like I choose not to do it. You know, I'm not Xing up every day and I'm not, you know, I'm not listening to Earth Crisis records every day. I still do, but not every day. Um, but just, you know, it was a, it was a job, you know, and people are going to come and have a beer or whatever, and it's fine, you know. The only time it was really a pain in the ass was when uh, people would throw up and I'd have to be the guy to clean it up, or, like, people would get in fights and I'd have to break it up, like that kind of stuff. Like, people being just, like shitty when you know the you know too much alcohol sometimes will lead to people just like being shitty and that was when it sucked and that's when I was like oh this sucks you know like why am I doing this but the, all of those times it was only so many and uh you know the good times outweighed the, the shitty times enough so you know and I never really thought of it as like oh man I'm not I'm not really as straight edge as I should be because I'm doing this it was I don't really look at it that way, I guess, because people, if they're going to drink, they're going to drink. So if I'm going to make money serving drinks, then sure. Okay. 
it was more it was more like as long as I'm not getting somebody blackout drunk or like causing a dangerous situation, which I was fully aware of, like I didn't know when to cut somebody off or whatever. You know, I was completely like moral about doing, you know, serving drinks and stuff. That's what, you know, that was my concern. Like a good bartender shouldn't get somebody blackout drunk and I would never do that. So were you the kind of straight up shit though at at any point where you were like like, you know, because, like, I know I was I was horrible. I, oh, you were. Yeah, you I'm were. A horrible, I'm a horrible person. I was a horrible person for a very long time. And I think I, there's ly- lyrics about exacto knives and tattoos or something somewhere. I don't know. So memory serves me correctly. I still kind of feel that way about straight-edge tattoos. But, you know, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um... <laughs> But, like, you know, I was like, uh, straight edge means I'm better than you, kind of thing, which, no, it does. Like, now I've come to see the era of that philosophy, and, you know, it's just, I won't judge you on your sin, because I sin how I sin. Like, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, I don't, uh, were you ever like, were you ever like that? I think I did have that phase because I think the the circle of friends that I was with at that point when I like understood what kind of like social circle straight edge was like, I think, you know, early on, it was definitely like I interpreted it as that, that was how it was supposed to be like making fun of the kids who were drinking and like, you know, like just being that way, like being like, like alienating that other crowd because, you know, I interpreted straight edge just to be like, oh, man, those people are stupid. Like, oh, look at you idiots. And then as you get older and realize, you know, you were actually an idiot for thinking and acting that way. It's like, oh, I mean, being an adult, you kind of look back uh, on your yourself a little bit and be like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have been such a, an idiot about things to other people. And that's kind of how I looked at it. Like once I started bartending, I was like, well, now I can't really be that way you know what I mean it's like people make their own decisions I'm living my life they're living theirs so you know I think with maturity over the years comes like you can reflect on your your past is being like oh yeah you probably could have been a little bit nicer or or understood it a little bit better but you know when you're young and you're surrounded by people that are like that that's kind of you know just how it goes I was never part of a of an incident where I would like I like confronted drunk kids or like or like uh, got in like physical altercations, but it was more like alienating yourself from those people. Like if you saw somebody who drank, you were like, "Oh, can't be friends with them because they're stupid drunk idiots." And then like, "Okay, cool. Here's my big Jenkos. I'm gonna go mosh." Like, all right, we're both equally as stupid at this age. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're over the top drunk, I get you know. All right, I don't need to be around you. You can get out of control. But if you just drink socially, I don't, you know, I don't have a problem with that. But I don't have a problem with like drugs socially either. Saying it out loud, it sounds, it sounds like the most hypocritical thing because it, it is. But I recognize like using marijuana for for medical purposes, or even for casual purposes, if that makes you happy, then I'm for it. Like I'm go do do your thing. Like does that marijuana make your your life a little bit better for that time that you needed to sure okay and for me like 
you know, there's everybody has has vices or or releases or whatever. And I think, you know, you can as an adult. I keep saying like as an adult, you get older. Like you can recognize that things aren't as bad as your like younger mind may have perceived them to be. You know? Yeah. Or I'm just a bad straight edge kid. I don't know. More no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel the same. Like I, I'm okay. So I have employees, right? Like I, right. I've said to them, like, I don't care, like, I don't care if you're doing drugs at work, like, we work at a nightclub, like, you're gonna do drugs, like, if they're around, and that's what, you, like, it's fine, just, as long as you're doing your job, I don't care, sure. you know, like, it's just when it affects your job, but then, that's, like, almost exactly how I feel about it outside of work, too, like, if there was such a thing as a social heroin user, <laughs> I don't care. Like, okay, you say I don't care. Right, right. It's when it it's when it starts to affect your life in a negative way that I feel like, oh, you know, like, you know, someone, someone close to you should say something to you about this. You know, like. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, like I have friends who drink a lot or whatever, and I'm like, it's cool, and we'll go hang out, and I'll drive you home, but, you know. If you think that it's a problem, let me know so we can maybe I can help you, you know, or maybe you know, whatever. I'll, I'll go to meetings with you or something. I don't know, whatever. I don't know. I'm a help. I'm a helper. I think you're a helper too when it comes down to it. So it's like if 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 somebody's in a point, whether it be like drugs or alcohol or or just mental, you know, stability. Like I think we're naturally like helpers. So like you want to help somebody, but you know, you want to always make sure somebody doesn't get to the point where they need help, you know. If you're doing if you're doing you and having a good time doing it, then I think it's like, all right, cool. It's not hurting yourself or those around you. So that's how I want to live my life. I want to do the things I enjoy as long as they're not, you know, affecting myself in a negative way or people around me. So, yeah, and I would expect people to look out for me as well if I was in a situation like that. Like, hey, Rich, you're eating too much of that cake all the time, so maybe you want to, like, tone it back a little because cake could be bad in the long run. So so that would be a conversation yeah. you'd have with me if, you know, my cake consumption was a little too high. Yeah, I wish someone would have that conversation with me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, man, maybe, maybe not get Taco Bell tonight. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe just maybe just not tonight. Just 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 you don't need it every night. Just you know, just not tonight. Just try once, and then like then like the next time it'll be easier to not do it. <laughs> I right, what, what if I stop at the whole ultra chicken and rice, white sauce, hot sauce? No, no, you don't need that either. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't. I don't need it, but <laughs> but I want it. Something tells me I'm gonna have it. <laughs> I was talking uh, about fat advocacy groups, how there's, like, no fat advocacy. <laughs> and, like, I feel like uh, someone's oh, Christian said it to me. He was like, there's no, there's no group like that because everyone, everyone who's fat feels like fat is a temporary thing. But it's not. I'm fat, and I'm always fat. See... <laughs> Being in shape for me was a temporary thing. Like, I got that Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. Even if I stay, like, even if I get back to that weight and stay in that weight forever, 
I still have to behave like a fat person. I still have to remember not to eat the Taco Bell every night. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I still, like, so I am permanently fat, even if I don't look it at a time. So there should be... It's in your, it's in your head, yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like there should be fat advocacy groups, because, like, I'm sick... I'm sick of the only fat people on TV or on TV to be made fun of for being fat. You're reminding me of a King of Queens episode where, are you familiar with King of Queens? Uh, Of course. Okay, good. All right. So um, Doug um, agrees to go to a, like, Eater's Anonymous group for Carrie because he's fat. And he goes to the wrong one and... He ends up at a at a, 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 a abuse 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 abuse. <laughs> he ends up at an abused husband support group. <laughs> yes, exactly. And she finds the best part. She finds him, and he's eating cake, and he yells at her. I do this because of you. <laughs> the best. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad you knew exactly where I was going with that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Did you uh, have James. Did you have a hard time losing the weight? Yes, because I still don't feel like I've ever lost weight, and it goes back to that like mental, um, you know, your your perception of yourself. I still feel. I still feel like I felt like, you know, as a, like as a teenager, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing to shake. Like I can work out every day or I can go on a diet or do whatever and physically change. But like, it's really tough to like, look at yourself and be like, ah, I look different and I, I worked hard to get this way and it's awesome. And now I'm at a different place. It's like, I think if you come from being like, I was always like a fat kid like as a child and then like in college or whatever I like was vegan and was like and and then it was like eating lettuce sandwiches so like I lost a ton of weight got sick and like looked disgusting because I like didn't have any substance to my body and then I got fat again and it's like just like a yo-yo thing of like losing weight gaining weight losing weight but I think now where I'm like I've developed a great relationship of knowing what food does like to my body physically and mentally. So like I got to a point where I feel like I look okay for myself and I feel like I'm in a, in a good, like physical shape. Like I feel stronger and like, I like, you know, I just can exist every day and not like feel like, Oh man, I'm so tired or whatever. Um, And then I can have dinner at night and be like, this is healthy food that I'm putting into my body that I know I'm going to like process when I go to the gym tomorrow and like that kind of stuff. It's taken a long time to like, you know, appreciate food for what it is and not overeat. Cause I had a you know bad habit of like overeating, just like going to bed and like eating a tub of pasta and like cheese and like before I was vegan and stuff, like I just had the worst eating habits. So like doing that for years, it's it's like, you know, it carries over for a long time. You like you get home late from work, even as a vegan, you get home late from work and you have, you know, a plate of french fries with like soy cheese on it and yep. a fake milkshake and it's like well that's not better for you. You're still <laughs> it's definitely not. There's definitely unhealthy veganism and 
I definitely recognize it. I mean, where I work, I work at, you know, a vegan bakery that also has, you know, um, like savory stuff, like at regular food. And I was actually having a discussion tonight with some people. Some people come in who don't know us and assume we're a health food place because they'll see like a review online and they'll say, oh, vegan bakery, whatever. And, you know, there's definitely no hand in hand that, you know, vegan and healthy have to be, you know, they can be, and they absolutely are, but you know, you know, there's cake and there's chocolate and there's, there's bread and there's things that'll just make you unhealthy if you you have them in, in large doses, which I definitely could, but I learned my lesson, you know, like there's a point where I, (laughs) I was working and, and definitely like taking advantage of being surrounded by all this awesome food. So I'd eat, stuff and take stuff home every once in a while. And I was like, I put a shirt on that fit a certain way, like a couple months prior and I pulled it on. And I was like, Hmm, this logo looks a lot bigger today than it did a couple months. And I like looked from my side, like the side profile I was like, Oh yeah, I'm fat. So <laughs> to like, just realize like, don't eat all that stuff all the time and start exercising. And, you know, and I, you know, reined it in a little bit, and I feel a lot better about myself. You don't hear guys talk about body image like that. I don't. I don't think I do at least. Like you no, hear a right. lot, of like good point. Yeah. I don't know, like inspirational pin boards and stuff, but you don't. <laughs> you don't hear like adult men talking about body image issues, mm-hmm. and I, 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 like always, like I've always had body image issues, you know? It's definitely like, a, female, a female thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I, you know, I don't, I just, I guess, I don't know. No, I don't, I mean, I don't know, it feels like a, feels like a white male thing to say, but, <laughs> I, like, I, okay, so, a guy cut off Kathleen the other day, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, in a very aggressive manner, like, dangerous to everyone around us. Okay. Kathleen, like, lay on the horn or whatever, and the guy stuck his hand out, like, flipping us off, like, you know, his road. Like, no, asshole, you were the asshole. Like, don't then also give us the finger. So we ended up, like, next to the guy at one point, and I rolled down my window, and I'm like, you know, you you drive like an asshole. And his response was, fuck you, you fat fuck. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. And it's like, that's the fallback for every argument is, fuck you, you fat fuck. Like, yeah, I'm fat. Okay. You drive like an ass. Like, you're a piece of shit to everyone around you and dangerous. Right. I eat, I eat too much. I eat too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I have some, like, deep-rooted emotional issues where food is my comfort and uh, maybe it reminds me I have a mother. I don't know. You know, <laughs> but you're actually going to murder people. Like, you're going to murder people driving the way you drive and behaving the way you behave. And you're a selfish prick. And it pro- and that attitude probably carries over into the rest of your life as well. <laughs> like, you're probably a terrible lover. You know, like, you're like awful friend, I'm sure. <laughs> But but I'm a fat fuck, so dismiss any 
any wrongdoing of your own, it is dismissed. Because I I am a fan. Enjoy Taco Bell because you're stopping at Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. It's what like, you Taco Bell? What do you what's your go to? I miss the Taco general, Bell. The the basics is often uh a nacho supreme, no tomato. Okay. And a couple of soft tacos. Uh, sometimes no lettuce, sometimes no cheese, depending on my mood and how my stomach's behaving. Mm-hmm. Do you do soft taco supremes like sour cream? Do you do sour cream? No, just soft taco, either no lettuce or no cheese. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry, I just need to picture what you eat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to picture it later as I'm eating it. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm actually torn tonight. I'm torn between... Taco Bell and the whole restaurant because I've been I've been fiending for some halal lately and there's there's two not one two <laughs> halal trucks on Route 107 now are they, are are they close to each other yeah they're right across <laughs> Olga Road from each other and they both open to like 1:30 in the morning now and they both are always always have people in front of them. Are there are there like guys hanging out the window like like yelling "fuck you" to the guy across the street and the other guy goes "oh fuck you"? Like, like, no, they're not. They're not in shouting distance. They're like one's one block <laughs> north of Old Country and one's one block south of Old uh, Country. Okay, uh, I, you know, because my life is a cartoon, so I figure everything else that happens yeah, yeah, yeah. in life should be a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a cartoon. <laughs> Uh, no, they're, they're wrong. But uh, can you believe it? Like, food trucks, halal trucks on 107? It's amazing. That's pretty wild. That's a wild. It's That's amazing. great for you. Oh, horrible. <laughs> it's horrible for me. <laughs> the one guy I know, like, the one guy I go to him so often, he knows that I like the white sauce on the rice before he puts the chicken on. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to tell him anymore. He just knows. He just knows. Uh-oh, you're a regular. You're a halal regular. I'm a regular. I'm all about the shawarma, baby. See, one of Wade's doing a tour. I did see that. You know who's stoked for that? Jim Connolly's stoked for that. He loves one of I like one of Wade as well. I haven't seen him in a long time though. I'll, I'll probably go to that. I haven't been to. I haven't. I would probably go to it. I haven't seen them in a long time. Like you know a, a, sick, a sick riff. A sick one of eight riff is the riff for woman. Oh yeah, dude. God, that is the sickest fucking riff. I love that song. Yeah. Yo, me and Jim are hitting uh, hitting a lot of notes and a lot of the same notes lately. Musically? No. No, well, I the 108 thing, and then... uh, (laughs) So, like, one uh, one note. (laughs) No, but also, I I tweeted about The Grinder. I just started watching The Grinder, that Rob Lowe, Fred Savage sitcom. Oh, I haven't heard of it. Okay. No, it's amazing. It's so funny. I was laughing so hard for the pilot, and I just okay. tweeted like, "I can't believe no one told me to watch the show." Like, you know, usually my friends come through on some stuff, and this right. this would have come and gone without anyone telling me about it. And then Jim tweeted back, was like, "Oh, we love it. It's our new favorite show." Well, that's so weird. Yeah, so Jim to like anything. Yeah, two notes. Two. Which <laughs> <You know, laughs> the two notes? Which Jim is. Yeah, yeah, dude. For the two, for him, it, that's massive. Uh, <laughs> you guys just became best things. friends, basically. <laughs> yeah, like it, I finally tweeted about something that he didn't write back. Like, 
<laughs> it's better on the demo. There's an English fan that doesn't bend version of it. He didn't just t- retweet fart noise back at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a ripple should be on Twitter again. I should do Twitter. Twitter's funny. That was fun when I, was, I used Twitter for a little bit. Twitter's a good time. Are you? Wait, you're only on you're only on Instagram. Yeah, just Instagram. I mean, that's like the. I mean, I don't have that many friends. So any friends I do have, I figure are up on that. So. Facebook, I never was, I never ever used, so I have no desire to use it now. And well, I like, uh, I like social media. I like catching up with people, seeing what people are up to, without actually having to communicate with anyone. You know, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you know, I think, I think Facebook would be uh, for me. I, I've always contemplated it as, you know, for for family stuff, like keeping in touch with. My sisters, my mom, my grandpa, my grandfather uses Facebook like all the time, which blows my mind. He's 93 years old, and he's always referencing like what he's seen on Facebook, which is crazy. But it's all yeah. like God quotes. <laughs> no, he's like he's like it's all. It's usually just about like other members of the family, because like all he kind of like is in the loop of just family members. So he's like, oh, I saw. Uh, your cousin posted he was in wherever last week. Did you talk to him about it? And like, I don't, I don't have Facebook, so I don't know. Or, or like, or like a, a news article about carving, you know, ducks because he's into carving. So they're like, oh, this article mentioned me in the West Palm Beach newspaper, like that kind of stuff. Like, just you know, what a ninety-three-year-old man would would talk about family and carving. Old people uh, love the uh, inspirational God quote. <laughs> And that's why I don't have Facebook. Because of the inspirational God Club? Yeah. Yeah, I can do without those. (laughs) All right, man. Yo, I made it home. Uh, Yeah, man. The podcast is just to get me home. That's it. Awesome. I love it. That's such a great idea. I I love it. I was so stoked when I saw you were doing it, and I can't believe I missed X amount of episodes before. I was like, oh, shit. Of course you should be doing this. They're, uh, They're short. You can catch up, I'm sure. Yeah, I listened to the Mike Dubin one the other day, and then the the the, the Diaz one the other night, and it's fun. When I'm in the car for a few minutes. It's great. I love it. All right, good. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it, and uh, I'm glad you took uh, time out to uh, be on it today. I appreciate it. I'm always up for a good chat with you. All right, man. Love you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Take it easy. All right, peace. Bye. Jerk, Neil.